Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It's December 5th, 2018, otherwise known as New Comic Book Day, and this is the Talking Comics Podcast. You're listening to episode number 367, and I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. A belated happy birthday to Eisner Award-winning Professor Carolyn Coca. Hey, happy birthday, Carolyn. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Huzzah. Joey's also here. Shang-Chi, let's go! Oh, he's ready. (laughs) (laughs) And Jessica Schaefer, you made it. I did. I'm dying and everything hurts, but I'm here. (laughs) Real quick, super quick. Give us the short version of what's going on with you. Uh, I have a crazy sinus infection. That's that's the short version. I'm not going to get into the details because it's gross, but my (laughs) stomach's not okay, and I have a really bad sinus infection. But I'm here, and I'm ready for trivia. We appreciate you soldiering (laughs) on, and we will try to make this podcast happen as quickly as possible. Uh, Just a quick reminder to everybody out there in Radio Land, we have recorded our... uh, 2018 awards deliberation podcasts and the first one will go live next week so this is your last like regular ish podcast before we get into all the holiday stuff and we take some much needed time off uh throughout the next few weeks to be with our families and read all the stuff that we nominated and then we come back for the big show and we have a lot of fun and then we start the machine all over again in the new year yep yeah, talking comics going strong. What is this like our is this seventh or eighth year going to be? Seventh, seventh. Okay. Yeah. Still, I mean, the shows are awesome. They're really, I'm really excited for them to yeah. listen to them. They're really funny mm-hmm. and great and cordial. Yeah, <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> for the most part, uh, with in-depth discussions of lots of books. And as we go back and forth on the ones we hadn't read, we've all discovered new things we must read yeah, and yes. probably should have been reading. And that's what's so great about when we do it. And hopefully for you guys out there, too, that those underappreciated gems or the things that we do talk about all the time. But then we hear somebody else pick it up, pick up the torch, so to speak. It's great mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, I have already actually started my, my reading. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to give away anything, but it's a Bob series. Oh. Bob's been talking about for a very long time. Yeah. And it takes a very long time to read. To read even one. Oh, I know exactly which one yep. it is. Mm-hmm. Fearless oh Defenders, God. everybody. So oh, much fun though. Oh. So it's it's hitting me a different way this time. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but that also um, means though, because we're releasing these ep- the episodes that we're not gonna be doing live episodes for Spider Verse and Aquaman. Yeah. So don't ask so, us about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Which isn't to say we may not turn up somewhere on, you know, a handbill yeah. at the side of the road and talk about those movies. Yeah, we might we might do a little something. We're we're all excited for both of those movies. So um we'll figure that out. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated show of sorts. Uh, I am going to be the only one doing a lightning round tonight because we had technical difficulties last time and I wasn't able to uh, bring the thunder, so to speak. (laughs) So we're going to do that. We're going to hit two books for open discussion. Uh, We are definitely going to talk about Shang-Chi and the Captain Marvel trailer that just dropped. Uh, And then... We have a very special event for everyone this time out. We are doing a trivia podcast where the way that we've set up the questions is that we're going to read them and not give our answers so that you have time to kind of like play at home or in your car or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, And so you'll have a chance to like write down your own answers or remember your own answers and then give yourself a score at the end. Uh, Nobody knows what the questions are. from each other like it's it's gonna be fun we did this a long time ago and it was a good time yeah there's a prize there's a prize for the winner what's that a marvel no prize we gave one of those out to one of our best of award winners sometime back yeah we had a tie for uh I, now i don't remember was it best writer or breakthrough i think it was for best writer and since the the tie was between two people who share the same house, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction, I sent them a, a an official Talking Comics no prize. Yeah. So they could keep it on the kitchen table between them as they had breakfast. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. But now, what are we? What are we, you know? Can we trade it in for a bigger no prize if we win two in a row or get some of these bonus questions that Jess has ready? Do we have extra special no prizes? Yeah, I got, a, I got a whole box right here. Oh, great! Oh, good. <laughs> Good. I got a whole box. Of, way- I got a whole box of our business cards ready to go. Nice. <laughs> that way, if someone doesn't win the big prize, they can still win a little consolation. You know, a version of the home game or something. Yeah. All right. Comics in your house. Always. Here we go. Here we go. Gonna do, gonna do a lightning round. Gonna put five minutes on the clock for myself, and go. All right. So, I've read sheets. The graphic novel, words, art, and everything else by Brenna Thumler, published by Cubhouse. Uh, I'm supposed to read the synopsis of the book, so I'm going to do that. For Marjorie Glatt, being 13 years old isn't quite the same as it is for everyone else. Responsible for running her family's laundromat while trying to survive middle school, Marjorie's daily struggles include persnickety customers, snippy classmates, agonizing swim lessons, and laundry. Always laundry. Wendell is a bit different, too. Wendell is a ghost. His daily struggles include dead youth support groups and unavoidable stains. But when he escapes from the land of ghosts and bumbles into Marjorie's laundromat, the perfect ghost playground, his attempts at fun and friendship begin to harm the family business. Dan-dan-dan. So, this is one of those powerful feel-good books, if you ask me. Uh, it's very much about feeling lost in your own skin and navigating the death of a loved one and learning to trust all over again. All super happy themes. Uh, it's also a book about being willing to break the rules if it means that you'll feel alive 
for even a few moments. The unlikely friendship between Marjorie and Wendell is a sweet one, as both characters have valuable lessons to teach one another, be it about death, forgiveness, or facing one's fears. As this comes, uh, all of this comes to life thanks to Thumbler's clever narrative and soothing, picturesque artwork. In my experience, Thumbler's style is like Tilly Walden meets Marguerite Sauvage. Though Brenna certainly has her own flair and personality as well. Uh, be it the quiet moments of the night when Wendell causes mischief or the sunny mornings that almost make you forget that customers are lining up outside the shop and they can't wait to unload. Laundry puns. Um, I super enjoyed it. The fi- I'm just out here on the island by myself. I super enjoyed it. The final moments of the novel really uh, lifted my spirits. Ah! And I'm, making, I'm marking Brenna Thumbler down as a creator to watch out uh, from here on out. For me, her work sits right alongside other all-ages greats like Vera Brosgul, Faith uh, Aaron Hicks, Jen Wang, and Raina Talgemeyer. So wow. there you go. Sheets. Very good. Uh, okay, I also read Woman World, the graphic novel, All Things by Amanda uh, Dollywall. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Nicely <laughs> done. Good. You, I tried. You're bringing out the, the, new, the old year very nicely. I like it. I really I like try. I'm shaking, I'm shaking out all the wrinkles. <laughs> Serving as a collection of Amanda's bi-weekly Instagram webtoon, Woman World chronicles a diverse group of women as they rebuild society after men go extinct. Under the flag of Beyonce's thighs, the ladies explore their all-too-human struggles with identity, unrequited love, loneliness, anxiety, and the pressures of building a better tomorrow for all womankind. Ah, I lost my spot. No, you didn't. Their trials and tribulations play out courtesy of one to two page spreads, which gives the book a Sunday funnies kind of vibe with larger themes and threads woven among each hilarious and poignant observation about a world without men. Not only do I think the book is really funny, I find that it has a lot of positive messages to share as well. It's a book about survival, but it's also about surviving one's self and becoming comfortable in your own skin. It's a book about the freedom of expression, art, music, and culture. It's about um, burning much of what we know to the ground and then making something new with the ashes. It's about traditions dying out and needing to make new ones. It's um, It's about not living in a society shaped by men. It's about a world where, for better or worse, Paul Blart Mall Cop is one of the last remaining examples of the male species. If you ever want to laugh your ass off at the expense of dudes in a way that's wildly entertaining and never patronizing, well, maybe just a little bit, uh, you should check this book out. It's called Woman World, uh, and it's collected. You can buy it in bookstores anywhere. It's It was fantastic. If you want like a pick-up-and-read, quick-bites kind of thing, it's really good. Um, I also have notes here for Middle West. We kind of we talk about that a little bit. Uh, over the next few weeks, I don't have to go into to all the details, but I super, super loved it. That's the new one from uh, Scotty Young and uh, Jorge Corona and colors by uh, Jean-Francois Bellu. It's 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 really, really emotional and it just it rips you open from the very first page and doesn't let go until the end. Um, and the artwork is is killer. Like this kid, this kid's arguing with his father and the the argument gets so heated that his father literally changes into a force of nature. Like it's super high fantasy 
almost 80s style storytelling, uh, or at least the vibe of it feels that way, um, with like talking animals too. So wow. it's got some stuff. It's got some stuff going on. And uh, I really, really dug it as far as like a right out of the gate uh, issue. It was super good. Uh, and I reread Mr. Miracle 1 through 12, which, mwah, so good. All right. So that is my lightning round. Did anyone ever see, and it's, well, now it is an old movie, I guess, from back in the early 2000s. I forget what year. It's called The New Women. Directed by Todd Hughes. Mary Warnock was in you know, the Paul Bartel movies and whatever. She's in De- the original Death Race. I don't think uh, It's a really little movie. It's sort of the women, but done in this weird sci-fi setting. Very indie, very little movie, where one morning in this crazy little town, which re- represents every place else, none of the men wake up in the morning. Mm. All ladies got to sort things out. It is funny and pointed a uh, couple of oddball little really poignant moments as well. It, interesting movie to, to seek out if you're looking for something very different. But sort of on the, I'm sure it's not as funny as the one you're talking about with a flag of Beyonce's thighs or whatever. But <laughs> oh my god, all the different, all the different known nations that have formed after the men went extinct are all different body parts of Beyonce. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's so weird. It's it's a really funny book, and it's uh, like it. There are two characters that I uh, absolutely love. There's there's a whole bunch of great characters, but there's a grandmother and her granddaughter, Emiko um, and Uliana, uh, something like that. Uliana, um, anyway, the grandmother was around before everybody. Well, before all the guys like shuffled off the earth or whatever. And so she grew up in a world where men existed. And then the, obviously the granddaughter um, is living in a world where it's just women. And she's like trying to figure herself out. Uh, the little girl is the one that she raids a blockbuster video and finds the Paul Blart uh, mall cop DVD. And it's like her only example of what of what a, a a male looks like is the cover of that DVD, and it they just they stretch that out to to some really really funny jokes throughout the uh, the thread of the book. And it's funny the whole thing started with like a texting conversation between Amanda and two of her friends, where they were like joking around. She drew the first comic, and they're like, "You should totally do a book about this." And it just went from there. She actually has like pictures of the text conversation in the back of the book. It's I'm pretty sure awesome. It's, I'm sure it's much funnier than uh, Mall Cop, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so right, glad Bob. you uh, read Sheets. I've been, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been on my list for so long, and I'm so glad to hear that it was as moving as I hoped it would be. It's definitely on my list. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really it's really moody. Like the, the I do have a couple of things. Not not that that I dislike about the book. There's a character in the book that I just is a character you just want to strangle them. You want to smack them awake and be like, "What are you doing? Pay attention." If people here that love you, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. trying, I'm trying to like put myself in their shoes. And there's some very sad stuff going on in this book, but there's also a lot of comedy to it as well and there's a lot of like supernatural fantasy stuff the the ghost world art looks different from uh marjorie's like real world so to speak the the living world 
So like when you go into the ghost place, it's all muted and like cool, like colors and blues and grays and stuff like that. Um, whereas the other world is lots of like pinks and orange and yellow and sunsets and stuff like that to like really make you feel a difference between the two. Right. And, um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. It's one of those things that I kind of needed to sit on it for a couple of days. Uh, but yeah, definitely a standout, uh, read toward the end of this year for sure. Um, it's in case people are wondering again, it's uh, cub house is the publisher, uh, and it's Brenna Thumler Sheets. Cool. Yeah. All right. Bob, do you want to um, take us away for some open discussion? Sure. Where are we starting? Uh, let's start with Wonder Woman. Okie dokie. Wonder Woman number 59 is G. Willow Wilson writing her second issue. Carrie Bond, Mick Gray on pencils and inks, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on amazing set of colors. Um G. Willow Wilson has certainly hit the ground running uh, with her first couple of issues here. And it, it's just with with Ms. Marvel. There are so many angles and levels to, to the story and the characters as well that it's like one of those, ever, remember those 3D maze puzzles with, with the, the marble you got to move around into the thing? Oh, yeah. This is, this is that kind of, kind of story because you're, to set the stage, uh, it, it's war-torn Derovia, and the newly escaped Ares, uh, as well, he as he says to Diana, he's chosen a new path for himself. The path a of chance justice. To, a chance to defend the weak against the vicious, to stand for what's right when the world around wants to look the other way, just as you do. Now, those words do sound like Diana could, could have said them. But when Ares turns a missile aimed at rebel forces back on a village uh, controlled by the government, including frying an entire town of, of women and children, Diana takes umbrage at this. I mean, is the best way to say it, and vows to throw him right back underneath Themyscira as he was doing it. But the thing of that is, as this tyrannical government is, is seemingly propped up by U.S. military might, when Diana saves an airman... Um, Ares views this as rather hypocritical, and what, they both sort of eventually amuse, what are the differences? Are, are they really so clear now between the god of war and this warrior for peace? It was, it was certainly easier back in the 40s when you just punched Nazis around, but <laughs> with war such a convoluted thing and side-switching and everything else, is there a better writer or character to explore those contradictions in terms than G. Willow Wilson and Wonder Woman? I think I think not. Um, on top of it, you get some damsel Steve. He kicks a griffin in the face. It is still <laughs> it is still very entertaining. Just look, Ms. Marvel gets into a lot of really heavy stuff, and yet it never fails to do it in a non-preachy way, in a, in a clever way, in an entertaining way, and I've, I've had that through two issues of Wonder Woman so far. I'm I didn't expect any less, but still, when, when those expectations are shattered as, as w- roundly as they are here, I'm just loving this. Everybody mm. else, what, what are we thinking? The good times are back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. It's been, to be fair, it's been good for a while with uh, with Steve Orlando mm-hmm. doing his stuff on the character, for sure. Uh, I really enjoyed the second issue a lot. I love 
the push and pull between Ares and Wonder Woman, uh, I find the action sequences to be really, really slick and uh, have a lot of movement to them. That moment, I was I was surprised you mentioned it, but since you did, that moment where Ares catches the the missile and just hucks it downward. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> my eyes widened when I got to that panel. I was like, what? And I see Wonder Woman's face and I'm looking at the proximity of where the missile is to the village. I'm like, she, like, unless there's some real magic shit going on, she's not going to make it. And the very next page is just decimation of yeah. this little yeah. village. And like right before the bomb goes off, there's the parents with their little boy, like, get inside. Like, yeah, yeah it's not going <laughs> to no. much. Like, just... I don't think going inside is going to help. <laughs> it's like duck and yeah. cover back in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah. And I just, like, not to not to take it to a weird place, but, like, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the real world outside of comics. And some of this stuff just feel... I, I feel differently about it now when I read it. There's a little bit more of an impact for me and like and like i'd say like the last particularly this past year i will say i'm kind of looking at like real world violence um or like potential things like these things happen where mm-hmm. missiles go off course and end up hitting we uh villages and stuff like we don't hear about it but it happens um and i just i love that blend that g will wilson has of taking what goes on in the real world and applying it to the fantasy world of comics and doing it in such a way that they both feel real at the same time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess, you got to read it too, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on it. I'm excited to see what this conflict between her and Aries is going to play out. I want to see, you know, because they're, they're both fighting for justice, right? He's fighting for justice now, but, yeah. but is it really justice that uh, he's fighting for? And like you guys said, I mean, I, there's not much else to say. Uh, is, you know, she writes it in a way where it's still entertaining, and there was still like, you know, like Steve kicks the Griffin in the neck, and he tries to like run away, and like there's like, you know, mythical creatures running around like trying to steal him and bringing him, you know, and that. There's, you know, one little panel is like, why do you think it was a he? Like they're bringing it yeah. to the master. Like why? Why do you assume that's a he? It, it's always written. It, it's always very clever and and well done. So it makes that that heaviness still kind of have a little bit of an exciting feel that you're not like too bogged down by like you know, like you said, like these things happen in the real world. People are people die and people you know get blown up mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Indeed, I think we all do. We. Like to, we'd like to talk about the art just a little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, well, so, <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Well, I mean, I, I I saw Wonder Woman on the list, and I I read the issue, the last issue, and I was into it partly because of the story. But I remember Bob and I, you talked about some of the some of the staging of some of the scenes and some of the figure work was a little off. So I was planning on jumping into fifty nine as well, and I opened it up and. You know, G. Willow Wilson, sure, I'm into the story, but as I kind of flipped through just to kind of see how the art played out, there are just a couple of panels that I just wasn't into. And I, I don't know, I'm usually into this kind of art style, that kind of a little bit of eccentric, almost like, it's funny that we're talking about G. Willow Wilson, but almost kind of like some of those Miss Marvel artists do, like Adrian Alfana, that kind of like really Takashi Miyazawa, those kind of yeah. um, uh, figure work. But for for Wonder Woman, I don't know. It's it, maybe it's not what I'm looking for. I just didn't. I wasn't really into it, and uh, kind of took me out of the book. So I, I actually didn't end up finishing 59 because of that. 
Um, mm. and maybe I just have a different aesthetic in mind when I think of, of Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of took me out. Well, there's, there's one page I, I opened to it. it. It's actually the center spread of the book. It, it's not a two-page spread, but the top half of the page, top two-thirds of the page is Diana in full ire, holding Ares up in one hand, fist cocked. It is a powerful, powerful image. And two of the three at the bottom are are not anywhere near that. There, there's a, a, a two-head shot where her eyes don't look like they're right. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about, Bob. I said mm-hmm. that like before we started, we, you know, uh, there's a couple panels that are just a little wonky. There was one specifically for me where she's like coming at you. Like she's got the sword behind her and her shield in her hand. And yes. I'm not, I hate to say it, but the boobs are just weird, man. They're just not right. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I like took me out of it for a minute. I was like, I'm like, Oh, those are not right. That's not what boobs look like. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, and I'm, yeah. I, and I, I'm normally okay with that if it lends to it, but it just, it, it looks a little wonky. Not like it's really, an artistic choice, you know. I don't. I don't know how to how to put yeah. it. So yeah, it's a quirk yeah. of some kind that's that's not landing with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like quirky. I'm I'm all for quirky. Yeah. Like Joey said, like you know, I know you know, but um, it's it's a little wonky, not quirky, should I say? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. If this were some of the panels remind me, we we're talking about Ms. Marvel artists. Some of it reminds me in a little a smaller way of Felipe Andre. The sort of angularity of yeah, right, I right, could right. that's yeah. what I was thinking about. Yeah, those older yeah. Captain Marvel run. Yeah, I, I'd have no problem with that if it stayed true to that. But then there'll be a panel that has at, for eyeballs just little slits. Yeah. Well, mm. I, I remember too when Felipe Andrade took over Captain Marvel from like you know that was after Dexter Soy had been on the book and like yep. it, it was a very jarring change. Um, so maybe it'll just take some getting used to, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that eccentricity is just a little, it's like a little weird to, to have that sort of artwork with a story about Wonder Woman and Ares. You know? yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't really match. The art style just doesn't really I match like it. what's going on. Oh, it's fair. Please, there you go. Enjoy I like it. Honestly, like if you go through like my Instagram and stuff like that, about 80% of people that I follow are all artists and there's, there's definitely, I definitely have like a style that I that I dig and mm-hmm. I and I've found got the sure. Instagram is just an amazing platform for finding just totally. truly inspiring art. Um but yeah, like I follow a lot of artists that are kind of in that same wheelhouse of what they're doing with the Wonder Woman stuff. And like I totally hear what you all are saying. I just I think sometimes I enjoy a bit of the the abstract with with some of these characters, especially some of the the more known ones. Uh, I've seen them drawn kind of the way I think of Wonder Woman in my head like so many times that it, it almost feels a little refreshing to see something a little different. A little different. Yeah, I can see that. That's just for me. But anyway. There you go. There you have it. Uh, a let's fine on. book one way or the other. Sure. Indeed. Yeah, super excited about it. I'm really into it. Um, is it going to become an, are they just pushing out a couple of issues or is it bi-weekly? Wonder Woman's bi-weekly. It's always bi-weekly. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, since 52. Oh. oh sorry, since Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's Rebirth stuff. Exciting. So we're basically going to be switch hitting between Batman and Wonder <laughs> Woman for the next couple of months? Could be. I like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Um, let's have a quick discussion about Fantastic Four number four. Bob, do you want to do this or should I? 
Would you like to? I don't. Uh, I can try. I can try. Sure, go for it. So, um, at the end of Fantastic Four is always a little hard to explain. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the last arc, which only turned out to be three issues, um, this was kind of the family reunion of all the members of the Fantastic Four throughout time and space coming together to defeat a common foe that was erasing uh, different realities and different uh, different verses and whatnot. So now you have the the aftermath, the homecoming of the Fantastic Four family. The issue begins with everybody, all the different Fantastic Four members kind of being sent their different ways. Black Panther's going back to Wakanda. Some people are going back to Manhattan. Um, there's a couple of promotions. There's some big stuff happening over with the Future Foundation. Uh, Valeria's got to say goodbye to her new friend. And Reed's got something that he's got to say about it. And it's a super tender moment. Uh, maybe Bob will we'll talk about that. But the Fantastic Four come back. And like they come back to crowds in the streets. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, How did they know that we were going to be back? But it's nice to feel wanted or whatever. But they're not chanting for the fantastic four they're chanting for the fantastics with an x because you know it's be edgy right uh the new super team (laughs) that are in town and the wrecking crew is gonna get their butts handed to them and fantastic four like do we do something about this and some of them are into like saving the day but franklin and ben are like meh (laughs) <laughs> like, Franklin is totally like, yeah, I know, but yeah. like, Franklin is totally like, this is so beneath me. I'm gonna go and visit Aunt Alicia, and things just like, yeah, I'm not into this at all. Peace, and <laughs> I gotta go get married. And so they they leave, and that leads to some really really cool bits uh, with Alicia kind of um, coming back together with the family throughout the issue and whatnot. But uh, we find out that the Fantastics are not all that they're cracked up to be. And uh, it's weird. It's a weird and bizarre, quote unquote, homecoming issue for the Fantastic Four. But then I ask myself, do we really expect anything less from them, particularly the team that has been assembled to to produce this book? I am super duper into Dan Slott's Fantastic Four so far. I think it carries so much of the heart of of series past. It's paving its own way. It's doing its own thing. It's aging up characters so that they can be in different situations and have different uh, conversations with their parents, which I think is really cool to explore those relationships. And my goodness, he knows how to write such a great Valeria. I love her like dad totally that like you know stressed out teenager thing like oh my god you guys you're embarrassing me and i thought you know just i I love the way that she figures everything out uh and just starts like telling everybody like it is with her hands on her hips and everything like i'm just i'm so here for i'm so here for for the 16 year old valeria she's amazing um, all right, that's going to be it for me. Bob, why don't you give us your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly. There are just tons of, of lovely surprises with, with a lot of modern touches all through this. But it is still very much a classic old sort of FF story. Not everything was world-beating. They did an uh, issue number 11. It's two stories. One is the Impossible Man shows up, and the other is they sit around and answer their fan mail. It's called A Day with the Fantastic Four. That's one of the best single issues in the run, and nothing much happens. 
but that but because of that a lot happens and that's what what's going on here it is story-wise it's clever it's witty it's heartfelt the the tender moments are really special even when they're loving with humor alicia and ben and franklin where she's smothering him in hugs oh you got to be so tall and we go into a whole anti thing it is everything I, you want this book to be he's he's laying the foundation for years of great stories with the with the change in the relationships with the ages of franklin valeria bring alicia back into this that there isn't you know they come home spider-man as they're sending him home is just about to tell him about the baxter building and johnny doesn't tell him at all because he's johnny <laughs> so they so they come home to nothing the building is, is now inhabited by some other superhero team and that resolves itself in a brilliant way at the end. And sadly, I've read some of the solicits for months out about what's going to happen. And it is so brilliant what Dan Slott's going to do with the new FF headquarters. I I, I want to tell you, but I won't if you haven't found out. <laughs> Jess, how about you? You saw it. You read it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I will say, because I am not, um, I, 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 I did not come from reading Fantastic Four. I'm not, you know, I know about Fantastic Four because of Bob and and Anthony at, at Androids. And one thing that I do love about it, and that's what Anthony always said to me that he loved about it, is that you get such a great family feeling from that book. You know, yeah. you get like that family vibe and it gives you, it does. Well, it, it gives you like that warm feeling. And this book has made me go back you know, and I mean, Bob has already, oh, no. I've already been, I've already been tasked with homework to, to he read. gave you the list. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah. he hasn't given me the list, but I, I know the list he's told me. <laughs> I've, told, I've had many conversations with Bob at, at a comic book store for a few hours. So uh, I kind of know, um, you know, and, and it does, it makes me want to go back. I mean, I had to stop a little bit cause now we're reading all the stuff, you know, other stuff, but uh, yeah, you know, it's made it me want to go back. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. See yeah. <laughs> awards. I had to, I had to stop for a little bit, but yeah, it's made me want to go back, read the old stuff and it's it's making me enjoy this even more. So, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the whole Perfect. thing. Like you said, I enjoyed the hands on the hips, the, the dad and that little moment. So good. Have where yeah. he like, you know, be, you know, don't dumb yourself down for a dude. Yeah. And I really, yeah. His, his talk with I her was do so not, good. Yeah. Do not dumb yourself down for a guy. And I think that's such an important, important thing. Do not Those... act dumb for a dude. That was pretty much, you know, yeah. great. Super, super quick before I lose, before I lose it everybody not everybody people sometimes complain to me or have said like oh you know reed is just he's so dismissive he's he's always burying his work blah, blah, blah. i love moments like that like the one that he has with valeria to show you his more like attentive and sensitive side yeah that he he is there he is paying attention he does love his family yeah. that kind of thing so absolutely um i'm so sorry that i jumped on top of your talking time just did you want to say anything else no no, no that was a pretty much it nice okay i'm so stuffed it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> my, my apologies if i knock if i knock you off your thing sometimes i just get going <laughs> no, uh okay. joey how about you yeah no i i totally agree with everything that's been said um dan slot had a, a, an incredible run on you know we, we we all read silver surfer together it was fantastic thanks yeah. bob for that one um and his run on spider-man which lasted for years has was also very very good and i wish i had read more of it so i'm really excited to see where fantastic four goes and i think what's so great about fantastic four number four is that it is a one and done story that captures everything that's wonderful about the fantastic four um and what's so great about it too is like little moments like when 
Valeria is talking with Abora Mora, whatever his name is, the yeah. red red Namor, the red guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, space Namor. Uh, uh, <laughs> she, she has that little thing where she's like, "Oh, I mean, like that's not uh, light rays or whatever." Like, "Oh, it's I mean, or that's kind of dumb, right?" And I read that line and I was like, "Valeria." You're a genius. Yeah. You don't have to say that. And then three pages later, Reed Richards has his, you know, little pulling her aside thing. And I was like, good for you, Dan Slott, for just with one single little beat on page three, capitalizing on it two or three pages later. Um, and then building, building, building all the way up to dropping hints, dropping clues for what's actually going on with the Fantastics throughout the entire issue. Like everything just fit together perfectly in this in Fantastic Four number four. And landed so nicely on that final page that if you were to like get people excited for Fantastic Four, give them this book. You know, give them this issue of this book, and then tell them to read one through three as well because one through three were awesome. Um, the one thing I will say is I kind of miss Sarah Pacelli on yeah. on the artwork. Stefano Castelli did a good job here, and it's very much in the vein of what Fantastic Four should look like and ought to look like, but it, it didn't. I like Sarah Bocelli's work just a little bit more. There's something a little bit cleaner about it. Um, And, you know, with all of that, with that said, I'm still so, so very excited to be reading Fantastic Four again. Dan Slott has such a great grasp on these characters and a great grasp on the universe around them. So that it's it feels natural when Bobby Drake rolls through or Spider Man's bantering or or you know Banner you know yeah. shuffles in from the shadows you know like he has such a good grasp for all these different voices because he's been working in that corner of the universe for so long it's a lot like Bendis you know for all you say about Brian Michael Bendis he had a grasp on all on on the oh, continuity yeah. and all the characters um, so I'm really excited to see Fantastic Four kind of. Re- take its proper place really as that linchpin of the the Marvel universe. All right, we got to go back in time and re-record our uh deliberation podcast. Well, no, with that said, I think that Fantastic Four will be a book to watch for 2019. That's Absolutely. Oh, we'll be watching. It. I don't want to spoil our deliberations episode, but I think that it's a book to watch. I think it's still a little fresh into the into the run here, but because I, I, we've got like four issues in like two weeks, <laughs> like out of that way. Yeah, there but, was a uh, delay, and then boom. yeah. So I'm excited to read it throughout the next year. The one thing I want to really quickly point out, where you talk about it being the linchpin book, one thing that Dan Slott's doing here that that happened way way back in the 60s into the 80s until really everything went spider-man i guess that the other characters have a certain deference to the richards clan here that they under it's like the other characters sort of understand how important the fantastic four are in the scheme of things and that that makes me smile Mm -hmm. it really makes me feel good about reading the book that he places the other characters in that that spot that we we, we look up to them too. It's important. Mm-hmm. All righty, righty then. Let's say we talk about that new Captain Marvel trailer. Yes, scrolls, scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, why don't you go first? Oh, whoa, okay, Captain Marvel trailer two number dropped. Okay, uh. 
so we got a surprise Captain Marvel trailer this week. Um, everyone was waiting for that Avengers 4 trailer that we've been rumored to have for pretty much every second of every day. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> like, there's going to be an Avengers trailer. Keep your eyes open, you know? Mm. Um, and then Marvel was like, uh, guess what? We're going to give you a Captain Marvel trailer tomorrow during football or whatever. Um and they dropped this amazing poster as well. This trailer shows us a lot more of, you know, shows us a lot more of what we already knew if your fingers were already kind of in the mythos a little bit. I think a lot of people watched that first trailer and they had questions like, why is she punching that old lady? The lady. And, and, <laughs> and you know, like, who, 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 and I think that's really the only question. So, so this trailer opens with, Scrolls. Uh, Nick Fury's like Samuel Jackson's like motherfucking scrolls. Like, they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're the bad scrolls guys. on the subway. Yeah, yeah. and a uh, little bit more dialogue in this one, and a little bit more of that complicated background that I think we all kind of interpreted from the first trailer this kind of like maybe she doesn't know who she was and we're going to get kind of a flashback origin story kind of thing um this second trailer kind of gives us a better sense of what this movie is going to be about and the, the kind of skeleton of it um the first time i watched it I, th- I i was a little concerned that it revealed a little too much to that but the second time third time and fourth and fifth and sixth time i watched it which i did <laughs> um i'm actually very very happy with this trailer i think it it, it just like reasserts that this is going to be a really awesome space like epic space movie with dog fights and she's going to be flying around shooting laser beams out of her hands it's and a she's sparkle gonna, fist sparkle <laughs> fist and it's yep. it's it's going to be a really cool interesting different kind of movie um i really like brie larson i think she's got that grit to her that's really cool i just love they're really banking on these images of carol falling down and getting back up and it just gets in your gut and you're like let's go and my favorite shot and then i'll pass it around my favorite shot is when her helmet goes away and her Mm -hmm. and her mohawk falls down (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's incredible. Incredible that that is the physics of the space hawk, as it were. Um, <laughs> I think it's so cool. I love I love seeing all the characters. A lot more scrolls in this one, too. Um, and it's I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think the movie looks great, and I'm really, really excited to see. Uh, I don't need another trailer. This is it. Let's go. Yeah, Get yeah me that's where I was going to gonna go with this. Bring me to March. This is it. Yeah, I'm already in. I um I feel like at this point I've seen enough and anything else would just be excessive. So we've re- we've reached my boiling point for this kind of thing and I really don't need anything. I was already in, but like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pre-order my stuff, <laughs> get my popcorn and just do it. And uh but there'll be like a thousand TV spots. I think there'll, there'll be at be, least two more trailers. There'll be one more. I think there'll be well, one more one, trailer, yeah. probably around February. Uh, and Super Bowl, then, maybe. Yeah, um, probably. Probably. Probably just after the Super Bowl, they'll probably do one more trailer, um, and that one will probably be like a little bit punkier. 
once they have like a once they have like the score down and everything because that's the trailer I'm missing. I'm missing the trailer that's like set to the Pixies or something. You know, like yeah. I, 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 yeah. Want, I want I want that trailer. You know, um, but I, yeah. Other than that, I'm loving that they're really doubling down on like this is an action sci-fi space air force flying around shooting lasers movie. We're not going to do the cutesy. It's the 90s. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. Save that for the third trailer. I love that we're still seeing Carol's heart, those falling down, getting up moments. She and Nick Fury doing a Thelma and Louise car thing and her sass and sort of, yeah, she's got it. Brie Larson has this thing covered. And all the other things you said, I agree with. We, we, you've seen it only three more times than I have. But <laughs> the to show her power level the way it is here with the the, the ray beams and flying through space and all the rest of it, the, you were showing just what Kevin Feige was saying that she is the most powerful character in our universe, and we're getting a look at that here, and that I think is is really exciting. My understanding is. The, the statistics are showing that this trailer is way, way up there in terms of views already. Oh, totally. It's, it's ahead of almost everything else they've done. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jess? I got questions about the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Why is his name Goose? I thought her cat's name was Chewy. I have the answer. You yes. have the Okay, go. This is what I knew you guys would yes. have the answer. Because Steve, Steve asked about it on the tweet yesterday, and I was like, well, listen... If Goose Cat is alive in 92, is Goose Cat still going to be alive in 2018? Chewie's going to be 2018 Cat. Okay. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Mm. I had a question about the cat. I mean, R- R.I.P. Goose. R.I.P. Yeah. Goose. We also <laughs> had, the, uh, the, you know, whatever it is, it's a cat-like creature. It's a flurkin. Yeah, flurkin. That's the name of it. Goose is apparently a name from Top Gun. Oh, of yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like if if this movie takes place in like '92 or '93, whatever, like and and Carol Danvers is going to have a cat, she's going to name it after Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. You yeah. Know? Okay. There wasn't no Star Wars movies coming out in the late '80s, early '90s, right? Uh, but after uh, she sees the return, uh, well. Uh, what was the the Force Awakens? Yeah. <laughs> She'll bring back Chewie. She'll bring back Chewie. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for this. I mean, I'm down. I I, I don't really have much to add to what you guys have already said. It's just you know, like I, I'm I'm in. I wish I had this when I was really young, though. That's all. I I'm sad that I'm like you know a 35 year old adult now, because <laughs> I would this would have been really cool for you know like 15 year old me to watch, you know <laughs> that yeah. type of thing. But I'm glad mm-hmm. it's happening now, and I'm glad that there's 15 year old girls that get to watch this. So, yeah. yeah, you got to share it with your niece. I do. Oh, and I will. <laughs> yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> I do, and I will. Yes, exactly. This will be. This will probably be a movie that's on the screen quite a few times. <laughs> so you got to you got to be the teacher now because you're you're aware, and you realize that like you're living in the golden age of comic book cinema. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty cool. She likes a lot of the same things as me, so I'm I'm sure she'll be down. So. <laughs> She's gonna hate Captain Marvel. And just, the whole <laughs> oh thing's gonna break down. And you're gonna see me oh. crying one day. <laughs> no, nah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Um, it looks really good. It looks really good. I want to, damn you, Joey. Now I want that Pixies trailer. 
Yeah, I can, right. I can I can hear it. Where is my mind, or something like yeah. that? Yeah, I want that Alanis Morissette trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that No Doubt trailer. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> take this no pink ribbon it, off my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Shang Chi. Oh boy, let's do it. So, Marvel has announced that. They're focusing down on getting a Shang-Chi movie made with like franchise potential. They're looking at it as a franchise. They're basically introducing Shang-Chi as one of their next big uh, Marvel characters. And apparently the first uh, Asian lead superhero. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, Aquaman kind of, yeah. but not really. Well, yeah, Aquaman. Yeah. Okay. Um... Well, I feel stupid now. No, well, from Marvel, <laughs> from Marvel at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it. I mean, Joey, how do you feel about it? I'm so excited. I've, I've talked about Shang Chi all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when Iron when they announced uh, what's his face Finn Jones as as uh, as uh, Iron Fist, remember that? Good times. I was yeah. like, "Where's my Shang Chi movie at? Where's my Jimmy Woo yeah. movie at?" And they put Randall Park in Ant Man, and it was great. Jimmy Woo was great in Ant Man <laughs> and the Wasp. Um, I'm so excited for Shang Chi. I think that one a lot of the reports are talking about how you know after the success of Black Panther. You know, and and all that that did to kind of showcase black and African American and African culture and identity, uh, they wanted to do something similar with Asian and Asian American stories, and I think Shang Chi is a great vehicle for that when done right. I think one of the things that that they need to be wary of um, is the story. Right, Shang Chi came out as kind of one of those kung fu exploitation kind of tropes in the seventies and. Son of mm-hmm. Fu Manchu That's and true. all that stuff, right? So it's a little complicated, but I think that, you know, at its heart, you got a badass kung fu guy, you know, that could serve as a, a nice skeleton to overlay a great story about, you know, Asian uh, uh, heroism and, and, and have a hero that looks like, you know, yellow power. Let's do it. Uh, I'm all for it. Um, I think it's I think it's great. I'm so excited for it. When I saw the announcement, I was like, no, because I'm just not used to seeing, you know, I'm not used to seeing those stories. I Shang-Chi's always second secondary. Anytime they drop a Shang-Chi one shot, Marvel, I, I pick it up. You know, there's there was a there's a fantastic secret Avengers issue starring Shang-Chi that I was like, I bought I bought Oh, I a, know that, yeah. Yeah, I bought a hardcover yeah. of that Secret Avengers book for that wow. story. There's a great Black Widow story in there too, but I was like, I need this Shang-Chi story. I'm going to get it. Um, and there was a great Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu story, I think last year. I think it was a three or four issue series. And it's just, they're so cool. And it's with the success of shows now, like Into the Badlands, and um, even Iron Fist Season 2 with some of the improvements in the in the fight choreography and things like that, I think there's a market for it. I can't remember the last like awesome kung fu flick I saw. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember it. I don't remember the last one I saw. I usually have to like go to. They're always like released on Netflix or like. I, I feel like the Crouching Tiger, mm-hmm. Hidden Dragon sequel was on Netflix. That was the last awesome one that I saw. You know, especially in an American market. So I think Shang Chi gives you the opportunity to do that genre and do it in a cool way. 
Um, we talked about how with Marvel Phase 2 movies are some of the best ones because they really doubled down on the kind of genre filmmaking. And I think Shang-Chi could open up a different route for them, which would be cool. Yeah. Now, is it weird that their Asian American hero is going to, or their Asian hero is going to be the Kung Fu movie? Maybe. But at the end of the day, it's freaking awesome. So why not? You know, <laughs> like, let's do it. Um, but I'm really, really excited about it. All right. Jess, do you have any thoughts on Shang-Chi? I really don't know much about Shang-Chi, so I really don't have any thoughts on it, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see that type of stuff happening. I'm happy for Joey that it's coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy for Joey. You know, um, oh, I will, yeah. you know, I'm down. I'm totally down. So. <laughs> right on. How about you, Bob? Well, I'm with Joey. I read the character from back when it first came out, and they're going to have to, I think, disentangle it from Fu Manchu, which even though I'm sure that's public domain at this point, Sex Romer's books came out in the early 20th century. But you don't need that anymore. There are other stories to tell with such a great character who has such dignity and, and a plum at what he does and still has a little bit of a wry sense of humor, as you saw what Gail Simone did with him over in Domino. That combination of things and, and the heroism and the backstory that you can still craft for a character like that, that, that crosses cultural barriers. He can live in two different worlds. Yeah. It's classic storytelling. And... Just do it. Just do it and get it right. Yeah. And what's great about it is you're not bogged down in the baggage that Iron Fist yeah. has. Like, Iron Fist is an amazing story. You guys know I love Iron Fist. I think it's such a great character and the mythos is so fantastic. Mm. But there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges with it that the TV show didn't handle well, right? Not only the racial stuff, but also all the, the Kunlun stuff and all the kind of yeah. weird mythological stuff with it. Shang-Chi is just, he's a master of Kung Fu. He's got this background, sure, but at the end of the day, he's just trying to do the right thing, beating people up with his fists, right? He's a hero, and he's got this, this, this moral center, and it's awesome. You know, um, and it's it'd be really cool to have, you know, uh, a Chinese actor in that role or Chinese American actor in that role, Chinese American director in it. Now they have announced that the writer that they've hired to at least start scripting is this Dave Callahan, something like that. Who the dude that they had to write wonder woman, 1984. Um, is that what that movie's called? Wonder woman, 1984. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Mm -hmm who I don't know if he's Asian American. I, I think he like, is. Yes. I, I, cool. Maybe I, I think that we get some more writers in that room and I think that you could do it. I think that there's a way to modernize it. I think that Marvel itself is a, in the comics has done a great job of pulling Shang-Chi into the, into the modern universe too. So I think that there's ways to do it. Um, especially because yeah, Jason Momoa is like native Hawaiian and he's like Polynesian. He's got that background. Awesome. But we don't really have a lot of Chinese American or, or Chinese leads in, in those superhero roles, you know, and, and and that's one of the reasons why I stuck with Jim Luen Yang's new Superman for so long because because it was the only one that we had the Chinese lead in in that comic book. Um, so it's awesome that James Wan gets to direct Aquaman. Maybe we can keep that trend going with uh, hiring somebody like that to do yeah uh, uh, Shang Chi. Amen. All right, Chang Chi Master of Kung Fu. Oh my God, that trailer! I will, I will pee myself. <laughs> it's good stuff. I'm it's gonna exciting. read some Chang Chi tonight after we're done recording. <laughs> As you should. It's always a good time to read Chang Chi. All right, kids, it's time. It's trivia time. Got a point. Have a drink. All right. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to kick things off with some questions for each other and uh, do this thing. See you in a bit. Talking Comics Trivia 2018. I'm doing this again. Oh, no, that was great. We're saving it. We're leaving it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Talking Comics Trivia. We are going to ask each other a series of questions. None do we know the answers. Well, Bob probably knows all the answers, but we'll find out. All right. I think that because it's going to be the most brutal of all, I would like Bob to ask his questions okay. first. I thought that was coming. Yeah. Okay. And just to I be have... clear, we're not giving our answers, right? So that everyone no. can play at home. Right. Okay. We'll do yeah. the answers at the end. Gotcha. Yes. For, the, for those of you scoring at home, man, you know who you are. Um, here we go. I have five and... What I'm thinking is a tiebreaker. Shall I read the five and save the sixth or just rampage right ahead? What are you thinking? I would save save the sixth for later if we got need it. it. Okay, that's how I'm going to do it. So here we go. This pair began their on-again, off-again relationship in 1964's Tales of Suspense number 57. Who are the participants in that sometimes happy couple and who was the lead in that series? <sighs> This pair began their on-again, off-again relationship in 1964's Tales of Suspense number 57. Who were the participants in that sometimes happy couple, and who was the lead in that series? I think I actually might know that one. Uh, I feel like it could be one or the other of what I'm thinking of, and it's probably neither one. (laughs) It's the other one. Whatever Mm -hmm. one it is, it's the other one. That's how trivia works. I think I got that one. Okay. All right, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna write something down here, and uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, number two, can you name the character that debuted in Fantastic Four number two sixty seven, and Fantastic Four number fifteen, and Fantastic Four number fifty four? One more time. One more time. <laughs> can you name the character that debuted in Fantastic Four number two sixty seven, and Fantastic Four number fifteen, and Fantastic Four number fifty four? Is it one character? Can you name the character? Stay ah! tuned in Fantastic Four number 267 and Fantastic Four number 15 and Fantastic Four number 54. Yes, is the, the answer to your question. Oof. This is all. This see. This is why I wanted Bob to go first. Okay. I knew I was not going to know Bob's questions. I was like, yep. N- number three. Tony and Oscar-winning actress Patricia Neal, celebrated for her film roles in HUD, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Breakfast at Tiffany's, was married to what famous children's fantasy author? Mm. (laughs) Tony and Oscar-winning actress Patricia Neal, celebrated for her film roles in HUD, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Breakfast at Tiffany's, was married to what famous children's fantasy author? 
the young lady I work with, who's all of 20 years old, got this question right. Oh, oh my God. We're going to make us feel so terrible. Right now. I'm going to feel stupid, I feel like. I, I kind of know this, but I don't. Uh, what that's, was it? That's, one more time? Can you read that one more time? Sure. Tony and Oscar-winning actress Patricia Neal, celebrated for her film roles in HUD, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Breakfast at Tiffany's, was married to what famous children's fantasy author? I haven't seen any of those. Oh, I have, but... But it's not children. about it's not about yeah that. it's not it's about, about the, it's about who children's, she's married to children's fantasy author oh see I can only think of one name all right but I you never know I, yeah I might be okay here's the thing I like to ask questions that when you get the answer it's like oh, of course but you just try to couch the question in an interesting way mm. so number four. This hero was originally called Suprema until editor Sheldon Meyer stepped in. By what name do we know this icon? <gasps> Why do I feel like this just came up in something that I was reading <laughs> three weeks ago? You may have, actually, I think. This hero uh, was originally called Suprema until editor Sheldon, editor Sheldon Meyer stepped in. By what name do we know this icon? I hear typing. That's a good sign. Oh, no, that's Dan clicking next to me. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, none of, I'm, I'm not getting any of these right. Number five. With appearances ranging from All-American Comics number 61 in 1944, straight through to recent animated features and video games, this character's arc has covered a lot of ground over some difficult terrain, I must say. Can you name him? One more time? Yeah. With appearances ranging from All-American Comics number 61 in 1944, straight through to recent animated features and video games, this character's arc has covered a lot of ground over some difficult terrain, I must say. Can you name him? <laughs> See, this is the question that Bob was telling us before, that before, the answer that has, is in the question. Uh, I'm still struggling with it. Over, over. One more time. With appearances ranging from All-American Comics number 61 in 1944, straight through to recent animated features and video games, this character's arc has covered a lot of ground over some difficult terrain. Can you name right. it? Something about the arc of the ground. I got this one. Something about the one earth. Well, that's one it for me. I'm holding a question in reserve, just in case. All right. I'm, I'm going to go next. Okay, Steve. Oh, God. That was hard. <laughs> yeah. <I don't... laughs> Everybody's just turned the podcast off at this point. <laughs> well, maybe that's better that I went first. I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll weed Thanks. out. The, the, the... <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Bob. That's awesome. I expected no less. Yeah. All right. Question number one. Everyone loves a good cameo by Marvel's human super uh, human Easter egg Stan no. Lee. <laughs> but can you tell me the, what? I think it's I have the same question. Hold on now. No, no, no. <laughs> Everyone loves a good cameo by Marvel's human Easter egg Stan Lee. But can you tell me the name of the 1989 film project wherein Lee made his first live action appearance? Okay, good. That's not the question, but I do have a Stanley question. <laughs> I'll read it again. 
Everyone loves a good cameo by Marvel's humans, human Easter egg. I don't know why I want to call it a super Easter egg. <laughs> Stan Lee, but, but can you tell me the name of the 1989 film project wherein Lee makes his first live action appearance? Okay. Uh, is everybody ready for me to move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Question number two. We here at Talking Comics are forever making mention of Bill Watterson's timeless comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes. But how good is your memory? Write down the name of Calvin's would-be girlfriend. Bonus points. Bonus points if you can tell me her full name. Get out of here. That's going to piss me off because I know the answer and I don't know the answer. (laughs) Write down the name of Calvin's would-be girlfriend. Bonus points if you can tell me her full name. Get out of here. Hilarious. I thought that was a pretty good question. I I it's a very good question. Come up with these. Let me tell very you. Good, I, I know. <laughs> I am awful at coming up with trivia questions. Uh, okay. Everybody cool for me to move on to the third? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just going to write down a girl's name. <laughs> you never know. Good idea. <laughs> All right. As Wesley and Buttercup are making their way through the trials of the fire swamp, Buttercup inquires about vicious beasts that lurk within the shadows called R-O-U-S's. In A Princess Bride, or The Princess Bride, what does the acronym R-O-U-S's stand for? As Wesley and Buttercup are making their way through the trials of the fire swamp, Buttercup inquires about vicious beasts that lurk within the shadows called R-O-U-S's. What does the acronym stand for? I think I got that one. That I know one, that one. That one's a good one. I got that one. Okay. Never seen the movie. What? You've never seen you, a princess what? 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 No. What? Are you serious? You're right. lying. You're kidding. No, no. You, you, you're lying. You have us. never seen The Princess Bride? Again, Dan, no. I'm I've sh- seen little bits and pieces of it. Oh, no, my no. God, Bob. Do not ever tell Bronwyn that you've never seen The oh. Princess Bride. <laughs> are, you ser- you can't be- are you serious? I'm shocked. I am sure. shocked. I'm actually going to throw up. I, I'm ah. shocked. <laughs> that is... That's all right. the trivia. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, there's trivia means- for you. All that means is that now Bronwyn and I have to come back out to the island. Okay. I will and we come. Need to have a Princess Bride viewing party because, oh my God, Bob. Yeah. I'll rent out a I will car. totally host it. I, I like, yeah, oh, can we, can rent, we can rent out the Witchcold Theater, the Patrock Theater. Let's do yes. it. <laughs> oh my God. All right. All right. All right. Calm down. I threw the, threw the whole room into a tizzy. <laughs> I relax. Nothing. Okay. Question number three. Number four. Oh, my bonus bonus question. I threw it in at the end. I'm sorry. Okay. How many differently colored rings are there in DC's lantern ring spectrum? How many differently colored rings are there in DC's lantern ring spectrum? Is there a blue ring? There are more than you think there are. That is the answer to that question. Is there a blue ring? I'm not telling you. No this. one's telling you. This is this is uh, you know hardcore stuff right now. No, you're on your own. Is it a prime <laughs> number? <laughs> is it a prime number? <laughs> is this is this Price's Right rules? Go through your Roy G bids, yeah, yeah. man. Don't go Close, over. Closes without going over. 
How many differently colored rings are there in DC's lantern ring oh, spectrum? Shit. I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> this is crazy. No wonder I didn't... Oh, there it is. So hold on. One, two, three, four... Yeah, okay. I have more. I have more questions. Oh, okay. Well, in case we need them, they're there. All right. So that is my round. No, that was four. Where's four questions? <laughs> I'll take your fifth question. I have six no, questions. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm so confused. My, I have terrible notes tonight. Apparently, they're all over the place. All right. Um, this one I think you'll all get, but I wanted to ask it anyway because I think it's vastly entertaining. Who tried to buy Marvel Comics in the 1990s because they wanted to get the rights to play Spider-Man in a major motion picture? Hulk. Who tried to buy Marvel Comics in the 1990s because they wanted to get the rights to play Spider-Man in a major motion picture? Oh, I know this. We have definitely, I'm pretty sure Bob has brought this to the podcast before. Um, this was the one that I wasn't sure about, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So last time. Who tried to buy Marvel Comics in the 1990s because they wanted to get the rights to play Spider-Man in a major motion picture? All right. Are we good? We want to move on? Sure. Those were tough. That was that was a good that was a good round. That was good. But at least I have answers written for those. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Sorry, Bob. I have one uh, answer written for one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jess, why don't you go next? Okay. Um, here we go. All right. So this is what I thought you were going to ask. This is my question that I was like, oh, no, we have the same question written down. But, you know, in loving memory of, of good old Stan, how many on-screen cameos has Stan Lee made in live-action films? Ooh, that's really tough. That's so hard. That's really tough because <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of articles, I almost asked the same thing. Live, and... I said live-action films. There's a bonus if you can do how many total. Well, I'll, I'll take the bonus. Including, including TV and animated series. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the bonus question. You're going to go bonus? Okay. I'll go bonus. That's a bonus. You can get a bonus. A couple of mine I have, like, a, a, a bonus for. You don't have yep. to do the bonus. Yeah, uh, this was this was my other Stan Lee question. That's and so funny. You, trying, you to research, like, no. trying to research trying to research the actual, the real answer was very difficult. Yeah. Because a lot of websites don't like don't have their shit together when it comes to what he has left to contribute to. So there's a lot of, we this. went pretty hard. We, we researched pretty hard on that one. So I, All right, I, well, I, I hope my answer is correct for you, but well, as far as I know, number, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. <laughs> we'll see. We're good. We'll see. We can argue about what it really is after you give us the answer. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to guess a number. I, that's a, that's a really hard question. Well, I know it's got to be at least 20. See, but that's the thing. I got you think. Okay. All right. I'll have right, to give right. you some hard one. There's, there's some easy ones. Next question. Right. Next question. What fighting game of the early 90s led to the formation of the ESRB? Oh. Oh. Bonus, if you can guess the second less popular game that was also tagged along in this. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn you. 
Mm. Pit fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I'm going to try. If I get if I get that second part right, I'm going to freak out. I hope you do. And that was a question that I thought even Bob like that was a video game question. I thought even Bob could know. So I was trying to be, you know, fair. Probably I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> probably not. OK, well, but it, it wasn't very, you know, it wasn't like in this game on this level. <laughs> yeah. Where are the hidden gems? Where are the hidden gems? You guys. Where's the silver them? key? Where's the silver key to the fortress? Um, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Spyro lately, so I'm all about the gems and the keys right now. Oh, uh, game is so good. Skylanders too. When they came out with Skylanders, that was great. Anyway, can I move on? Can I go from yep. next? Or yes, you may go on. Okay, this is an easy one. See, so ready? How many seasons were there of the original Star Trek television series? Oh, See, I, I don't me. know that. You don't know that? Oh, that's I, an easy that's one. Easy. No idea. And you could get bonuses if you could tell me ones for the other series, like because there's oh, get out of here. Can I tell you how many there are for Star Trek Discovery? Because I got that on lock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know this stuff. Uh, All right, I'm just going to write down a number. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. This this question comes specifically from the lovely Dan Schaefer. (laughs) Yay, Dan! Are you going to read it for us? No, he won't read oh, the question. Oh, come on. He's lovingly sitting next to me, ignoring me. Dan, as I talk about Dan <laughs> read the question, Dan. Read the question, Dan. Daniel. Read the question, Dan. Yeah. He said no. Anyway. Oh. Anyway. All right. In what movie was there a battle of Klendathu? Oh. What? <laughs> yes. What? This is his, yeah. There he said, "In what movie was there a battle of Glendathu?" There aren't even any like. There's not even context in the question there. Clint, wait, Glendathu. Glendathu. Bob knows. I know, but I'll... Bob doesn't know. Really? I thought that you know. I think Dan thought that Bob would know that one. <laughs> I'm gonna try. It was a silly, it was a silly movie. No, it's not fixed. The battle of Glendathu. Mm-hmm. Spell the it battle for me. of or the battle of Klendathu. Spell yep. it. K L E N D A T H U. Can I have the yeah, language of origin, out. please? <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be difficult. Klendathu. Yeah. Tell Daniel I said bite me. Dan said they all said bite me. No one knows the answer to your really? question. Yeah. Can we get a Can we get a decade on the movie at least? No. No, that's. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Nobody, <laughs> nobody except is... for Bob knows it. No, I don't. I'm guessing it's something. <laughs> and wow, see, my question. I was worried that my questions were going to be like lame, but now I'm kind of. Yeah, I didn't even write anything down them. for that one. That's how messed up that one was. <laughs> well, that was Dan. You can blame that on Dan. I and if do you see entirely. Dan, pro, please throw produce at him when you see him. There. <laughs> okay, and my last question is who was the first villain Batman ever had to face off against? Oh. In- in comics, comics. first television? first comics, and you can do a bonus. I know the answer to in television as well. <laughs> Interesting. Can we say that second part yeah. again? Um. So my the actual question is: Who was the first villain Batman ever had to face off against in comic books? And if you would like, if you have a bonus, the first villain to appear on the 1966 TV show. That oh, one I got. 1966 TV show. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. That one I got. Other 
These trivia nights make me hate my brain. <laughs> it's okay. I got like three answers written down in the all. I know. It just you know? sometimes like it's it's things that I should know. <laughs> I just can't get there. I've watched that '66 stuff so much that it just kind of all blends together. All I ever yeah, come back done, to is yeah. Commodore Schmidlap. <laughs> <laughs> From the movie, who gets turned to How the fuck? Here, answer me this, okay? How are you a sea captain? You're like this this renowned (laughs) captain. He can't tell the fucking difference between actually being on the sea and a moving picture outside of a porthole? (laughs) That's the beauty of it. (laughs) No, that sea, everything's wonderful, old boy. Like, what the? He spritz the bottle out of you. Seriously. Come on. He just stays in his cabin the whole time? Yeah. So, like, for this question, are we talking about, like, first, like, first Batman? First ever Batman villain. The first duty fights ever. Yes. Thug number three. Like, thug three kind of thing? Or, like, this first, like, supervillain? No, no, no. First, like, named supervillain. You know, first real villain that he ever. (sighs) (laughs) The struggle is real. Because I know who I'm it's really not. I'm really excited that I, I, I actually pumped you. I know who it's not because I know that he comes later. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, it's not him. I know who you're thinking of. And it's it, not. It's not like it's not like thug. It's not like mafioso guy. No, it's guy. not. No, no, he is a named character. Like a real name or like a like yeah. a like Joe. No, no, like a real like a super <laughs> Joey villain. Joey Chill, right? Yeah, no, a we're super not villain there. name. Bob, do you know the answer to this? You know the answer. I think so. If it's okay, I think, so. okay. I think because I remember writing about that first issue. No, not Batman number one. This is the first villain he ever. He remember he was in comic books before. I'm, a, I'm aware. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I got it. I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right, those are my five. Awesome. Oh, Jess. Shit. I thought I didn't know you were going to do party. me like that. Oh, I came to the party. <laughs> Don't do me like that. <laughs> all right, Joey, it's your turn. All right. Should I ask all six questions so that we can make up for some of these points we lost? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Not that I'm going to get your questions right either. They're so salty. Have... They're salty. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. First question. Topic. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. In- in 2018, this Marvel Cinematic Universe actor joined the ranks of fellow geek legends Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart in playing titular father role in a BBC adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear. In 2018, this Marvel Cinematic Universe actor joined the ranks of geek legends Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart by playing titular father role in a BBC adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear. Yeah, no uh. idea. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, In 2018, this Marvel Cinematic Universe actor joined the ranks of geek legends Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart by playing titular father role in a BBC adaptation <laughs> of a Shakespeare's King Lear. I love how you emphasize the word this. This. Well, because that's what the question, the question's asking for who the actor is. Yeah, I know. I still don't get it. <laughs> Whatever. Sure, did you ever see Paul Schofield's Question Lear? two, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no clues. No clues. <laughs> no, it's from 1962. I'm... <laughs> question no. two. Topic. X-Men. Introduced by Ed Brubaker and 
Trevor Hairshine in the shocking X-Men Deadly Genesis. Gabriel Summers, also known as Vulcan, was retconned into existence as the third Summers brother alluded to by Mr. Sinister back in the 90s. But what absurd character created by Fabian Nacenza was intended to be the original third Summers brother as confirmed by Nacenza himself? What? I take everything that I said before back. Joey's round is the worst. What? <laughs> what absurd character created by Fabian Nacienza was intended to be the original third Summers brother? You never, you never asked that question before, Joey. That's for sure. <laughs> Come on, it's everybody's favorite. All right. That question was as convoluted as X Men's timeline. I had to, I had exactly. Uh, I, had nice. to, I had to give you a little background before, right? Can I you... appreciate the background still leaving me in no man's land. <laughs> What absurd character created by Fabian Nacienza was intended to be the original Third Summer's brother? All right. Number three. Three. Topic. Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers served as editor of Woman Magazine during her first solo series, Miss Marvel. Under this publisher. Somebody other than Marvel published Ms. No, no, Marvel? no, no. In, in universe. No, no. <laughs> in, in the story. You can All right, name, give, it, give me that question name, again. You can name the character or you can name the institution, let's say. Carol Danvers served as editor of Woman Magazine during her first solo series, Miss Marvel, by Jerry Conway. Under this publisher. Next question. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Next question. Topic. Broadway. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is known for its troubled production period, which culminated in fan favorite Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa taking over the reins as book writer and the ultimate firing of director Julie Taymor. While most Broadway musicals have an average previews period of about 30 to 40 performances, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark holds the record for the longest run of preview performances wow. ever. Using Price's Right rules, how many previews did the show have before opening on June 14th, 2011? How many preview performances did Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark have before opening on June 14th, 2011? Uh, and you said my questions were hard. Can you give us a? Can you give us a? What was the number that you gave us as, the a, as an average, example? The average previous yeah. period for shows that aren't a hot mess is about thirty to forty. Spider Man has the record by a long shot for longest run of preview performances. Okay, Using I'm glad that you prices right that. rules. How price many previews right rules, did okay. the show have before its opening on June 14, 2011? I was hoping the answer was going to be Julie Tamar, but okay. No. <laughs> well, I knew that one. Well, Jess asked a number question, so I'm asking a number question. I did, I did ask a number question. All right, these last two I think are easy, so I'll just throw them out there. You'll be able to get these. <clears throat> question four, five, whatever. <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one. Question five. Topic, Charles Dickens. <laughs> 2017 saw the publication of Jane, 
a comic book adaptation and modernization of Charlotte Bronte's 19th century novel Jane Eyre. In 2018, Dark Horse Comics published this modernization of a seminal Charles Dickens text set in a dystopian futuristic London. Uh, Please, mm -hmm. sir, can you name this series? Clever. Clever girl. Please, sir, can you name this comic book series by Adam Dalva and Darren Strauss with art by Emma Viaselli? Based on the seminal Charles Dickens novel. I can't give you the title because it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a spin on the title. Let's say. Spin. I'd use I another. I see that book every time I go into the comics knowledge <laughs> sales section. It's always there. And the last question, I think you'll get. So this is a. Th I'm just. A lo I'm lobbing this to you, okay? Uh. Bonus question six. Topic, Mark Hamill. In addition to his iconic portrayal of the Joker in the DC animated shows, Mark Hamill also provided the voice for this villain on the Justice League animated series. In addition to his iconic portrayal of the Joker in the DC animated shows, Mark Hamill also provided the voice for this villain on the Justice League animated series. The original Justice League animated series from like 2001 to 2004 or whatever. Hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that one. Yeah, I thought you were going somewhere else too. Especially considering what's happening with the CW-verse this weekend. No. I went, uh, I went, to, the, I went to the old, old, old yep. hat there. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. All right. <laughs> you always got to make me go last, man. I asked the hardest questions. Yes. Hope you were mad at me? Hope you, you were something. mad at me? Hope you learned something. <laughs> I never count on Joey turning it into, like, a day at school. <laughs> and everybody has, to, has different periods, and they have to go through the different subjects. Topic? And dude's been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately, so... Yeah. Yeah, once it once uh, it went on to Netflix or wherever it went. I forgot how, how embarrassing these trivia episodes are. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you suggest one. Yeah. It's funny because like, well, after we do the trivia show, I remember this. I, we get like lit up with Twitter stuff that are like, "How could you get that wrong? I knew the answers." And it's like our listeners are so much smarter than we right, are. Uh, Absolutely, I feel so dumb right now. But I'm also on a ton of medication, so I'm gonna use that. That's an, an excuse. excuse. I think, I have an excuse. Uh, yeah, I think I've got two right. Wait, can, <laughs> we some, can we get some repeat questions? I missed some questions. Sure, Bob. Can I get your fifth question? Sure. With appearances ranging from All-American Comics number 61 in 1944 straight through to recent animated features and video games, this character's arc has covered a lot of ground over some difficult terrain, I must say. Can you name him? No, I can't. <laughs> well, that's do a good need, answer. Do you need any other ones, Joey? No, I'm good. <laughs> You can sound get, good. Can I get that okay. Battle of Cthulhu again? What can you say it? <laughs> Clendathu. 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 And it was a movie. Yeah, cult classic. Cult classic movie. And you couldn't give us. Let me. A let me give you. Let me give you a year. Maybe I can give you a year. A decade. Just a decade. Uh, 
Hold on. Let me just let me just make sure I have the right movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. It was it was late nineties. Okay. <sighs> late nineties. I just wanted to make sure I was in the right part of the nineties for you. So then it wasn't Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, but knowing Dan, question from Dune could come. <laughs> All right. Late He's 90s. Kind of Late of 90s. Quindothe. Hulk classic. Yeah. Hulk classic. Stupid, but lovable. That's it. That's all I'm giving you. <sighs> Late 90s. Dark. Dark. All right. It's time. It's time okay. to start revealing some answers. Okay. All same, right. Same order. Yeah, same order. We'll go around. Everybody just uh, read the question one more time and with the answer afterward. This pair began their on-again, off-again relationship in 1964's Tales of Suspense number 57. Who were the participants in this sometimes happy couple and who was the lead in that series? Uh, written by Stan Lee, drawn by Don Heck. It is the introduction of Hawkeye. It's yes. the third appearance of the Black Widow. Yes. And the star of Tales of Suspense is Joey. Oh, I'm so excited. Iron Man. <laughs> oh, is the so lead good. character in Tales of Suspense. Oh, starting strong. Oh, so I, feel I have so the good. Iron Man part, but I didn't that have gives the you a point. No, it that, does give me a point. point. Okay. Yeah, so that's absolutely. a two-pointer? Like, yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, so wow. You, did you get both points, Joey? Yes. Oh, my God. My heart is pounding out <laughs> that of my one, chest. That one was for you. Can you name the character that debuted in Fantastic Four number 267 and Fantastic Four number 15 and Fantastic Four number 54? Steve? I, I, Kirby? Valer, Valeria Richards. Are you serious? Oh, Wait, are you serious? Oh, are you damn serious? it. That was my other answer. Oh, my yep. God. I got two right. Yes. She, the uh, essence that became the Valeria who was born and, and <laughs> midwifed by Dr. Doom it's the lost child that Sue had in 267 and the future alternate uh, Marvel girl who debuted in Claremont's uh, yeah. Fantastic Four 15. So Valeria Richards. I have that Doctor Doom issue. And it was it's like, an awesome issue. It's when Borders used to sell comics. And my brother yeah. and I would just randomly pick up single issues. And I have this. And I think the cover is like a baby. The like, baby Valeria on the cover or something like that. I don't no, know. Big, big thing issue. It's a 100-page monster so, issue. Yeah, it's right in front of me. It's crazy. And I just like, yeah. I remembered that. And I was like, who, which character has like a weird-ass Valeria? And I guess yeah. Terry. Nice. All righty, Joe. You're doing well. Down. I'm doing well. I crossed it out. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, that's bad. See, that was for you, Steve. Uh, yeah, I realize that now. Okay. Tony and Oscar-winning actress Patricia Neal, celebrated for her film roles in HUD, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and Breakfast at Tiffany's, was married to what famous children's fantasy author? He wrote, among other things, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yes. and James and the Giant Peach. It's Rolled Doll. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Thank you, only lie. child's fantasy I author that. I could think of. <laughs> Well, the period that my coworker knew it from <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, it's it's the '60s or '50s or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's got to be. Yeah. She said it can't be C.S. Lewis, so right. it's got to be yeah, rolled right. up. It can't be C.S. Lewis, right? All right, we're doing okay. okay. We're doing okay. Yep. Number four. I this hero board. was this hero was originally called Suprema until editor Sheldon Meyer stepped in. By what name do we know this icon? Wonder Woman. Oh. That's why we were talking. <laughs> You know, I was going to go with Wonder Woman, and then I was like, it's not her. I'm going to go with her yeah. mom. Yeah, she was Suprema the Wonder Woman. And Meyer said, that's awfully long. Why don't you just call her Wonder Woman? That's <laughs> Sure. Awful. Great idea. That was rough. 
I should have yeah. just went. I should have. I should have known. You gotta always know, should go. Should just write it down. This with appearances ranging from All American Comics number sixty one in nineteen forty four, straight through to recent animated features and video games, this character's arc has covered a lot of ground over some difficult terrain. I must say. Can you name Solomon Grundy? Oh. Oh. That's funny that that's your answer to your fifth question. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Wow. That's funny. Threw it in there. All right. Funny. Has to be in every episode somewhere. So that's that round is out of six. No, that's yeah, five. No, because well, there's six, your point, six points available, but right. yes. Okay, so I got four for that round. Wow. <laughs> I have one. Like me too. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, who went next? Was it me? Who went next? I think it was, oh, no, maybe it was you. Was Steve it you? Yeah, Steve. Steve was next. All right. Here we go. Everyone loves a good cameo by Marvel's human Easter egg, Stan Lee. But can you tell me the name of the 1989 film project wherein Lee makes his first live-action appearance? 1989, the answer is The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Heck yes, Yes, it is. I got it. Awesome. Classic. Didn't get that one. Nicely done. Yep. But I had known that from my research last night. Yep. I know exactly (laughs) which article you read, (laughs) You read it, yeah. Yep. I read a lot of articles last night. So, you know. But yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, we here at Talking Comics are forever mentioning Bill Watterson's timeless comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes, but how good is your memory? Write down the name of Calvin's would-be girlfriend. Bonus points if you can tell me her full name. Nope. Susie Bogus. Little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie. I'm so mad at myself from this one. My memory is not good, and I had no idea. <laughs> Bob was correct. Her first name is Susie. Her full name is Susie Durkins. Durkins, oh, okay. D-E-R-K-I-N-S. No Susie points for me Durkins. on that one. All right, I'll All right. take it. As Wesley and Buttercup are making their way through the trials of the Fire Swamp, Buttercup inquires about vicious beasts that lurk within the shadows called R-O-U-S's. What does the acronym stand for? It really stands odd, for unusual <laughs> stuff? Rodents of unusual size. Heck yep. Yes. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. Inconceivable. <laughs> I could clearly not choose the one in front of me. <laughs> um, Bob doesn't get the reference so much. That's okay. Oh, I know that one. I'm still in shock. I'm still in shock. <laughs> All right. How many differently colored rings are there in DC's lantern ring spectrum? There are nine yes! rings. Oh, yes. I put seven. I thought it was seven. I had eight times. I got it. I got it on the nose. Good job. All right. You got to add that white and black in there. Last one. Who tried to buy Marvel Comics in the 1990s because they wanted to get the rights to play Spider-Man in a major motion picture? Answer is Michael, Michael. Jackson. Yes, he yeah. did. <laughs> Can wow. you imagine if the internet was what it is today? No. If that news came out no. back then? No, not at all. Oh, my God. They are broken the internet. Oh, it would have been a, a sewer, digital sewer. Um. All right. Sounds like you guys got a lot of my questions. That's that was good. a good, that was a good I round. One. Yeah. I got three off that one. So. Awesome. Brought me back up there a little bit. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing well. All right, Jess, you're up next. 
Okay. And I guess for this question, do you want to do prices right rules since we, since since it can be debated? Yeah. Prices I guess. right rules. Right rules. Okay. Sure. How many on-screen cameos has Stan Lee made in live action films? 38. That's the question. Very close. Oh. Very close. Really? Anybody else? Anyone else want to go? Oh, I it's, holy. I, I, see, I was thinking it's, just it's, Marvel movies, so that was the yeah, only it's 35 in live action films. Oh, so, I broke the rules. But the bonus, you did the bonus total is actually 57. It's wow. actually 59. 59 if you count the new ones that are coming out. I yeah. did not. I Wait, didn't think about it until you said that. So what did Steve put? 59. 59. But you said live action. I did. That was I went over. It was a bonus. There so was what a did bonus. Bob put? What 19. Did you put? So, so Bob wins. <laughs> so Bob's closest without going over. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are, Joey was pretty close. That was pretty close. Do I get the bonus points? Sure. Why not? Give yourself a bonus. So, you got, so I'm going here. Everyone get, get a point. I get no I, points. Bob gets one point and Steve gets one point. <laughs> there you go. Do you want a point, Joey? No, You're it's very fine. Close. I'm ahead. I'm ahead on points. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number two. What fighting game of the early 90s led to the formation of the SRB? Mm-hmm. Do we know? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, it is Mortal Kombat. See, we were talking about the other day. And do you know the second game, the lesser known game that was also cited in the? This is totally not going to be it, but I'm going to say Time Killers. No, Crazy Town. Oh. No, it was a game called Night Trap that was full <laughs> oh, yeah, video Sega game. CD. Yeah, for Sega CD came out in 1992, and it had like full video content with like sexual yeah. explicit scenes in it. Oh yeah. my yeah, I remember god! It. I had yeah. not, so it wasn't yeah. Cust- it wasn't Custer's Revenge. No. no, that was a that was a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like it was like a uh, like an eighties horror yeah. movie, but with like people breaking into the house, oh. and you had to activate yeah. all these trap doors and stuff. Yep. Um, they had another one that starred Corey Haim. That was really <laughs> that's weird. right, right? Remember that? Oh, <laughs> uh, what the hell was the name of that? Oh, oh, I don't know. I'll have to find out. But yeah, he was in one of those too. Yeah. All right, next question. Number three, how many seasons were there of the original Star Trek television series? And the answer of that is three. three. Yeah, baby. <laughs> wow, okay. What'd you put? <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, two animated. Is it 12 next gen? Well, because, but next, Steve, you got to remember. Next gen is seven. It, next gen is only seven? It yeah, had a seven. really mm-hmm. short run, and then it had it like exploded in syndication. Yeah. That's yeah. why it feels like it was on forever. I know next to nothing about only Star 70, Trek. I enjoy it when I watch it, but I have no history with it. I don't know anything about it. Wow. Hey, I like it whenever I watch it, nice. but I just, you no, know. So that was a good wow. It wasn't like a wow. I don't know. Sounded like wild uh, than me not seeing Princess Bride. <laughs> Princess, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, yeah, whoa. Yeah, that's a whole thing. I'm shocked this by is, that. Yeah. We're watching. Dan's question. I'm renting, yeah, this is Dan's question now. <laughs> What movie was there a battle of Clendathu? Are you Star ready? Starship Troopers? Yes! You oh, got it, Troopers. What? Yep. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was... That, you know what? That makes so much sense. Up. Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it make so much sense? That also makes tells a lot about my husband as well. I'm just uh, Go Dan! You know, I Tell actually, Dan I got his question right. You know... <laughs> Bob got it, Dan! <laughs> I know... I know the fifth element forwards backwards sideways always i still wrote it down knowing it was wrong. <laughs> i wrote i wrote galaxy quest because it sounds like a galaxy quest, galaxy quest oh word. yes but yeah. now that you said Karignac. starship troopers it Trooper. sounds like a starship troopers word 
There you go. I love Galaxy Quest. I love movie. Starship Troopers. That movie's awesome. Yeah, that movie was cool too. Yeah, yeah. So there's Dan's question, and my last question was, who was the first villain Batman ever had to face off against in comics? Hugo Strange. Oh, Bob, no. It's actually Dr. Death in Detective Comics number 29. But Dr. Hugo Strange came in issue 36, and then Uh, the Joker was in Batman number one. Didn't anyone get the bonus question of who the first villain was to appear in the 1966 TV show? The Riddler. You got it. Oh, I got that one. Yay. Yep. Yep. There you go. Those are my. I didn't get either of those. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Jess's round killed me there. Sorry. Your round killed me, so it's <laughs> yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> what are what are our, what are the running totals at this point, Joey? Where are you at? Ten. Ten. Twelve. Four. Six. Four. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I ten is the ten is the score. Ten to is beat. your top. Yeah, ten okay. is the score to beat. All right, here we go. In 2018, this Marvel Cinematic Universe actor joined the ranks of geek legends Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart by playing the titular father role in a BBC adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear, the all-father himself, Sir Anthony yes. Hopkins. Yes. He plays mm-hmm. Odin? Come on. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Sir and Sir, I figured it had to be <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Come on. Introduced by Ed Brubaker and Trevor Harrison in the shocking X-Men Deadly Genesis, Gabriel Summers, a.k.a. Vulcan, was retconned into existence as the third Summers brother, alluded to by Mr. Sinister back in the 90s. But what absurd character created by Fabian Nacienza was intended to be the original third Summers brother as confirmed by Nacienza himself? That would be Adam X the Extreme, the skateboard-riding mutant. So it's not Mojo. It's not Mojo. Not Deadpool. It's not Deadpool. It's Adam X the Extreme. Come on, guys. He's got elf ears. It's a weird. It's a whole thing. Never, never heard of him. Nobody has. It was a bad. Actually, I have heard of this in like bad '90s things that have happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He had a skateboard. It was pretty yeah. ridiculous. He was like, you know, like that whole extreme phase where yeah. everyone was yeah, extreme. Jack, Jack, yeah, yeah. Extreme. His like his his uniforms like big shoulder pads with like X straps, and he was on a skateboard. <laughs> Oh, I've got to see yeah. him. Yeah. Google it. He yeah. sounds like he escaped out of TNC surf design. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question three. Carol Danvers served as editor of Woman Magazine during her first solo series, Miss Marvel by Jerry Conway, under J. Jonah Jameson and the Daily Beaver. Yes, yes he did. He no. was in charge of that. They fought a lot. So if you put J. Jonah Jameson or the Daily Bugle, you get a point. Or if you put both. You get one point, Bob. Oh, come on! <laughs> what if I wrote Catco? That's what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is known for its troubled production period, which culminated in fan favorite Roberto Aguirre Sacasa taking over the reins as book writer and the ultimate firing of director Julie Taymor. While most Broadway musicals have an average previews period of 30 to 40 performances, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark holds the record for the longest run of preview performances. Using Price's Right rules, how many previews did the show have before its opening on June 14th, 2011? Bob, what'd you put? 134. Oh. I went with a good even 100. 100. Mm. And Steve? I I went 112. 112. Bob is the closest with 134. It was 182 performances. Oh my wow. god. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's 
That's yeah. That's six months of reviews. Yeah, I uh, I saw it twice. Uh, it was awesome both times. <laughs> Different? Oh yeah, I saw it early in the previous period. The show was four hours long because none of the things worked, <laughs> and uh, they had to stop a couple of songs because the rigs all stopped. And the second act had a song about shoes that the supervillain sang. Uh, <laughs> And no, uh, you're making that. No, up. I'm not making that. And then, and then when Roberto Guarasacasa came on, he like did what he should have done, which was cut the entire second act and make it about the Sinister Six, and it was so much better. But by that point, the damage had been done. Yeah. Wow. 182 performances that's, that's... before opening on June 14th, and then it stayed open for about a year, and then it closed. Um, okay. How much did they lose? Do you think? Oh. <laughs> millions of dollars if not more um okay so bob was the closest on that one so he gets the point 2017 saw the publication of jane a comic book adaptation and modernization of charlotte bronte's 19th century novel jane Eyre. in 2018 dark horse comics published this modernization of a seminal charles dickens text set in a dystopian futuristic london Please, sir, can you name this series by Adam Dalva and Darren Strauss with art by Emma Viacelli? And it is Olivia Twist. Olivia Twist. Mm-hmm. Damn oh, I'm it. So, I'm so angry at myself right now. I did the, <laughs> I did the please, sir. I know. I, know. I, can't, like, I know. I wrote down Marley's ghost. No, that's Christmas Carol. Yeah. I realize that. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia, and I couldn't say that it was a twist on the title. No. That would have been too yeah. obvious. I would have given it. I would have given it to you. Like I would have given you that bowl of gruel, you, you street urchin. <laughs> <laughs> Big question coming, Joey. Last it's a question. Tie, it's a tie at 10. Oh, I, you, uh, you got this one. I've made a comeback. Addition, I know I got the right answer to this. In addition <laughs> to his iconic portrayal of the Joker in the DC animated shows, Mark Hamill also provided the voice for this villain on the Justice League animated series, and it is Salomon Salomon Grundy. No! <laughs> Yes, he did. Yes, yep. he did. As soon as you started to say that, I'm like, I know where this is going. Yeah. I'm like, I know exactly he, he where voiced, this is going. He, he, he reprised the Joker on the Justice League series, and he also provided the voice for Solomon oh, Grundy as well. Wow. On Justice League Unlimited, which was a few years later, he also did the Trickster. Which he did on The Flash. Yes. Live action, yes. But no, on Justice League, the answer was yeah. Solomon Grundy, Grundy yeah, which was also the answer to that. your question, which yeah, I think I know. is so should've, funny. Should have gone there, but didn't. So it's a tie. You got 10? Huh? I have 10. Oh, I got 10. I got five. Not bad. Steve? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I have four. My questions were Last hard. place again. Was that just my, my questions weren't that hard? <laughs> Your questions were great. No, everybody's questions were great. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, Adam X the Extreme. That wasn't a. I feel like that's common knowledge on the show. No, <laughs> never. I, really, never heard of it until this moment. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I did. I do know what you're talking about, and I still couldn't. I don't if, know. If you Google Adam X the Extreme, you'll. I will. Yes, I have to now. <laughs> you know, each time we go into these trivia things the two times that we've done this i've gone into them being like no i can't do that that's too it's like too inside baseball but next time oh next time yeah hit me with the inside baseball You're i only old. got one of your questions right steve and that was Susie. that was calvin and hobbs no jess's round messed me up sorry bud i thought this <laughs> I, I thought the anthony hopkins question was easy yes yeah 
Sure. And I still got it wrong. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was in theory now that you say it. And now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, you know. All right. Cat, you was all... cat code. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you all know what we got. What did you guys get? Tweet us at Talking Comics and let us know what your scores were. And uh, let us know if you had fun playing uh, comic book. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to throw my tiebreaker at you guys. How about that? Oh, yeah, because sure. Bob and oh, I are yeah, tied. You, you have a tie. You well, have no, tie. I can't. Well, yeah. uh, we're tied, Joe. All right. So if fun. I get it right, then I win. But if Steve or Jess gets it right, then we you win. win. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Uh, I'll go with that. No, you have someone's to pick a rep. Pick Jess or someone's Steve. Gotta get, someone's got to get the no prize. I have to pick a representative. Yeah. Okay, Steve. Can you phone a friend. Oh, great. Oh. No pressure, Steve. Yeah, none whatsoever. I want that no prize desperately. <laughs> this almost makes up for Silver Surfer 11 if I win this oh, no prize. Oh, wow. He reached <clears throat> back. He's not letting that go. Nope. Here we go. She was Marvel, well, Timely's first superheroine with her own title. Although the stories were reprints of her very popular newspaper strip adventures. Can you name her, please? Oh. Her she news. was Marvel, well, Timely's first superheroine with her own title, although the stories were reprints of her very popular newspaper strip adventures. Can you Is name her, please? Patsy Walker. Steve? No, I'm... I've... DC character stuck in my head for some reason. Um, let me hear it one more time. She was Marvel, well, Timely's first superheroine with her own title, although the stories were reprints of her very popular newspaper strip adventures. Can you name her, please? No, it's not Patsy Walker. You said it. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> she is very early. There's no question about that, but she wasn't a superheroine. Oh my god, it's a Marvel character? They weren't Marvel and they were timely. Fuck. Um, it's not Mary Marvel, is it? Eh, no, that was for Fawcett. It is Wait, wait. It's it's um Go ahead, Jess, if you you know, but it doesn't count. It... it doesn't help me out. But go ahead. You get five I points. picked the wrong horse in this race. Uh, we know because I was looking at this as one of my questions. It was like what I was gonna think of like what was one of the first super you know, first female superheroes. And it was Phantasm Phantasm. What was the answer? Is it Steve, Steve? You have a hardcover edition of this autographed to you by Trina Robbins. It's mystery. Oh, oh, um, oh God! Wait, no, um, oh my God! This, um, oh my God! Give me, uh, give me a second. Give me a second. Talk about something else for a second. I will get it. No, what's get Jess's it. guess? I already get my guess. I was wrong. It is fantastic. I said it was fantastic. No, it's not. No, no, no it is. That's what you guessed. Oh, it's I'm like, right. it's like, man, is it, oh, okay. Like, that's what I'm like. I know. I already guessed it. I was wrong. And then you're like, it's fantastic. I'm like, oh, well. I'm so mad that I just spit up. This is what happens on Jeopardy, man. You just guess automatically. It. It's in this room somewhere. And I'm scanning my walls for it. And I can't. No, Miss Fury. Miss Fury is correct. Oh. Yeah. Marla Drake's as Miss Fury by June Tarpe Mills. I knew it. I'm so mad. Sold, sold a million copies a month of a comic so book. Mad. I always think Catwoman when I see the cover to that book. Yeah, it's got a Catwoman vibe to it. Was, yeah, uh... well, she predates Catwoman in any sort of outfit like that. Catwoman wore a dress with a big cat head yeah. on. Was Queen of the Jungle timely? 
That's no, that what, was that's, that's what I'm thinking of. That's Sheena, Sheena, Sheena. Sheena, Queen of the Jungle was created by Will Eisner, among other people, and oh, that really? was for, that was for Fiction House. Mm. It actually premiered in England first. It was six months ahead of Superman. I knew it was Miss Fury. I'm so mad. Patsy Walker. Um, Poka. <laughs> yes. You just Good answer. Say <laughs> so it's still a tie, tie then. It's still a tie. It's we a need tie. to share a no prize. All right. I'm so mad. We'll have, we'll have uh, visiting rights. We'll have to sort that out. <laughs> you can have it on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> I ship right. it back to Jersey City. Yeah. There you go. Joint custody. I have a, right, well, I have a tiebreaker question for everybody. You want a tiebreaker question? Yeah. Sure. A musical written about Superman. The title was... 1966, up, up, and away. No. Mm. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's super. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. That's actually it. Yeah. It's it was one of the two. They actually did it for they, up, up, and away. They did it for television. Yeah. They actually did a live version of it on television back uh, then. They did a revival of it like last year, and I didn't get a chance to go see it. I'm so upset because no one's ever going to do it again. <laughs> no. Uh, they. It's the 80s, I think. They were trying to mount a Captain America musical. I know. How awesome would that be? Yeah. I'd have been there. It'd be a very patriotic performance, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let us know what your scores were for Talking Comics Trivia. And uh, let us know if you want us to do this again uh, (laughs) and not wait 150 episodes to, to, to do one of these again. Uh, let's talk about some comics that are coming out this week. I don't know about y'all, but it is another mammoth week. Oh yeah. I got it some good ones. Rolled Steve. It's a very <laughs> oh. image. It's a very image heavy week for me. Oh, there's a I don't lot know. of I stuff just... dropping this week. Yeah. All right. A lot of great stuff. Um, I'll go, I'll go last. Um, Bob, what are you picking up this week? Well, we've got two of those new Defenders books, uh, a Hulk and a Namor, both this week. We have West Coast Avengers. I believe there's a Doomsday Clock sighting. There is. You know, I think there is. I think there is. And I, I think there's a Giant Days holiday special. Yep. Yep. And I'm really intrigued because I saw him at the panel. I want to see Die by Kieran mm-hmm. Gillen. Yes. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Heck yes, you do. You know what else is coming out from Kieran Gillen this week? We're going to divide number 40! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are we really already getting another issue of West Coast Avengers this week? I feel like that just came out. Two weeks ago. (laughs) Wow, all right. They're they're cramming everything in before the holiday season. Wild, man. They got to fit them in. Joey, what else are you getting? Uh, Die, Wicked and Divine. I might read Doomsday Clock. I might have to reread all of Doomsday Clock to catch up with yeah. Doomsday Clock. Um, Steve Orlando's Martian Manhunter comes out this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I remember hearing him talk about it at the New York Comic Con, and he was so excited about it. Um, I'm re- I, I'm definitely going to be reading issue number one uh, mm. and, and checking is it out. Is it Riley Rossmo on art? Yes, it yes. is. Yes. Um, also, the first issue of that Killmonger miniseries is coming out too i'll be Ooh. interested to see how they handle that character um especially because the movie version is so different from the the comic book version i'd be interested to see how they 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 merge the two um winter soldier number one everybody let's go here we go 
Uh, Bucky, Bucky. Okay. Um, the Merry X-Men Holiday Special is coming out. 25 short stories for the 25 days of Christmas. Hello. Um, Uncanny X-Men number four as well. We're going week by week. Uncanny X-Men number three was crazy. Um, so I'm very excited to, to see how four picks up with that. And I'll probably also read Penny Dreadful number 12. Penny Dreadful, love that show when it was on Showtime. The comic book series over at Titan has been fantastic. Penny Dreadful number 12 is starting their first storyline that picks up after the events of the TV series. All right. Jess, what do you got in your pull box? <laughs> um, in my box currently, Batman 60 comes out. Curse Words, number 18. Dark Ark, number 12. I have Doomsday Clock as well. Venom. Uh, I also have The Wicked and Divine. There's some cute little book that's called Grumble, and it's, like, about, I don't know, like, turning into a dog and 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 running Aww. across the country or something like that. There's a bunch of animals on the cover and a dog smoking a cigar, so you know that's coming in my bag. Um, so, as you know, it will be for me. Uh, I will also be picking up Harley Quinn because there is a dachshund on the cover. I don't care what's inside. Um, <laughs> a couple other books. You're such I a mean, hard sell. Like, yeah, I'm not a hard sell. No, I have all of them. Any of those Harley Quinn books that the dachshund is on the cover, I own them. Um, I have never read any of them. Is that terrible? Aww. I just own them. I, I should read that's them. Pretty bad. <laughs> I just own them. Did you read this last issue of Man Eaters? Yes. Corgis. <laughs> Corgis. Corgis everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blackbird comes out. Bully War is crowded. Crowded comes out. Um, yeah. So much. I, I don't know. I have too much. It's a big week. Uh, yeah, big go week. ahead. I'm sure you have. You can add on to all that. Cracks knuckles. Here we go. <laughs> uh, the final issue of Her Infernal Descent, number five, comes out this week. Very excited to uh to read that giant days where women glow and men plunder number one <laughs> there's something coming out called wizard beach number yes. one yeah i uh, i don't know what it is but i might have to pick it up i'm gonna look at some preview pages and see what's up uh batman's number 60 martian manhunter number one blackbird number three comes out this week bully wars crowded number five die number one uh, another number one from image called self-made uh, had a really, really striking cover. I might check that out. Uh, Unnatural comes back this week. Loved, loved, loved the first arc of that. So number five, uh, Deadpool number seven, Wicked and the Divine number 40. Uh, I've actually been reading the new Marvel Knights from uh, Donny Cates, and it's pretty good. Hmm. So I'm going to keep going with that. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 38 also comes out. Uh, as well as Uncanny X-Men, Venom, and West Coast Avengers. So, yeah. yeah. It's I a big week. Big week. I have so much. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Yeah, this is, like, easy. This is, yeah. this is easily 60-something these, these are the weeks that Dan has conversation with me. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you need, do you need all of these? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to trim down this. I keep, You know what it is? They keep roping me into new series when I'm already buying so I know. many. I know. You I know. know, like I looked at the image section. And I was like, "Well, I'm just buying everything. <laughs> like, I'm just buying half the stuff." It's really bad. It's really. I have no. I have no self control when it comes no, to this stuff. I love it so much. Uh, okay, so that's what we're picking up this week. Does anybody have any closing statements? Say them now because we're we're going on vacation. <laughs> We're, we're, we're not going really on going on vacation because you'll still hear us. It's just past us. The ghosts of yeah. Christmas past. 
it, here's the thing. Because we are coming up on Christmas, this is the last time you'll hear us live, so to speak. I just want to give a big Christmassy greeting to all you people out there who've listened through this year and all the other years as our craziness has continued to expand. And to my co-host, the, the three here, and to Melissa in absentia, I just cherish every moment we spend doing this. So thank you so much. Aww. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Aww. This has been a great year. Yeah. It's been a rough year, like, in the world, but I always mm. enjoy coming on the show Tuesday nights and Wednesdays and having fun like we did tonight. Amen. It's good to have a safe space. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jess. something to add. Um, because I, I wasn't on the show after I left for vacation for a while, but I want to give like a shout out to a listener of ours, uh, Robert Sheridan or at Crash Sheridan, who all of my stuff got, I got all of my makeup stolen while I was traveling. What? And yeah, yeah. Well, I was traveling, TSA stole all of my makeup <gasps> and they actually stole it. I have claims. I have to go through a, lot, a large process. But one of our listeners actually reached out and he was like, listen, my wife is a makeup, like, and I had expensive makeup. And he's like, is there anything? He reached out to me. He was really supportive and him and his wife actually offered to help me replace my makeup and i just wanted to give like a oh, big man. yeah wow. it was like really lovely it really was you know so touching i said you know luckily i'm in a place where i can you know replace it myself but it was just really lovely that he he reached out and and offered to you know help him and his wife were like they stole your i like i was like they stole my eyebrows like <laughs> and you know he was like yeah no my wife my wife when i told her grabbed her chest <laughs> And like had a heart attack, yeah, because it was yeah. it was a lot. So yeah, I just wanted to give a big shout out. Thank you very much, buddy. Oh, Robert, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, that's very, really sweet. And just because yeah. we're yeah. not going to be recording live every week doesn't mean that we still don't love hearing from you. I, you know, I was just checking the emails today, and we got some awesome emails from some listeners, and it, it's so great hearing from you guys. And obviously, we're still on the Twitter and everything, and in our in our inboxes. So we love interacting with everybody. So just get in touch with us, and it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and as the best of episodes start coming out, as Steve was saying during the recordings, which you'll hear, there will be polls. We will still be, as Joey says, listening to what you got to say. We may not agree. We'll see as you write in your own candidates and say how dopey we are. But we'll we'll go with that. It's going to be a good time. This this yep. time of year is always fun. Absolutely. Um, I suppose as host, I should say something. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i don't know what else there is to say other than uh i'll add to what bob said about thanking everybody for hanging in with us this year you know we uh well we brought you jess you and you and melissa you came on what toward the end of last year um well that was my second tc awards yep we came on for 300 right that was the first that was so yeah we've been on for oh my god yeah a little more than a year yeah wow so yeah, so you've you've been with us for that long now and you know just going through all the changes. I'm still hosting this thing which kind of blows my mind a little bit. I would have thought that Joey would have taken over by now. I do not want that responsibility at all. <laughs> I just it's funny like when we started this, I always just assumed that either Bobby would be hosting it or it just wouldn't be a thing anymore and it it just keeps going. You know, we, we keep making new episodes. Everybody makes such a, a concentrated effort to be here every week. Everybody, it's just a part of everybody's routine. 
at this point, like no matter what you're doing, you have to stop in the middle of the week and be there at eight o'clock on a Tuesday to record the Talking Comics podcast because that's just what we do now. Uh, and I always am so thankful for that opportunity because, you know, particularly after moving away, it's a really great uh, way to spend time with my friends and stay connected in a place where I don't feel so much of that all the time. And it's just, it's incredible how comics were not a part of my life up until about six or seven years ago. And now I can't imagine my life without them, let alone the friends that I've made through them. And that reaches to my co-hosts and to our listeners and beyond. So from me and from everybody here, we hope that you have a spectacular holiday season. Please, everybody stay safe and be cool. Be patient with your relatives as you talk about stuff at the dinner table. <laughs> Don't ruin Christmas. <laughs> and uh, for all the holidays and everything in between, everybody just good vibes and good stuff to you all. Uh, we love you. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. And don't forget to check out TalkingComicBooks.com for news, reviews, and articles about comics, video games, TV shows, and much more. We also have podcasts of every flavor, including Talking Games, Valiant, Adventure, Ladies of Valhalla, and Melissa is doing her thing over on Sirens of Scream. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. And Mr. Joey Bracino. I am at Joey Bracino on the Twit and the Insta. Jessica. Steve. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Too long, I can't do it. Sinus I, Bill. Sinus. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jarska. <laughs> and I am at dead underscore anchorus throughout the internet. So for Bob. Ah, happy holidays, everybody. And for Joey. Happy Hanukkah. For Jess. I'm dying and everything hurts. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) I am Steve. Be excellent to each other. Loan someone a comic book. And until next year, this has been the Talking Comics Podcast. To be continued. know that tonight's uh theme is shakespeare or whatever i could i could have you know complete hey, worse of shakespeare in my i hands. may have i may have a shakespeare question on here are uh, you better not <laughs> right. oh, that was episode 216 so- is that what i said yeah oh god and we talked about captain marvel number one on it that's crazy and are right, you ready 150 sorry it's okay in 150 episodes, we've we've gone through Bobby, Stephanie, Mara hosting, and now Jess and Melissa. Wow. Wow. We've lived a life. Now you're stuck with <laughs> yes, me. Yes, we have. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we love it. Love, love that you're part of what we do. Absolutely. Stuck with us forever. <laughs>
<laughs> you could never get away. I mean, I love you. Ever and ever. <laughs> All right. So how should I come back to introduce this? We don't want to have that that crap that I said before. I'll right? do like a I'll do like a a jingle, Jeopardy. like a yeah. like a jingle, and you'll be like, and tonight on. <laughs> All right. Like, Take All it right. away, Don Pardo. <laughs> Do an announcer voice. Do Gary Owens or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, do it. I don't know who that is, right. but do it. <laughs> he was Space Ghost, actually. I'll do, he I'll did, do Guy he did. Smiley. Yeah, do Creepy Santa. <laughs> what? Inappropriate Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. Don't do Inappropriate Santa. Don't do it ever again.